Welcome to When Opportunity Knocks, where each week we bring you the story of a woman who saw an opportunity and turned it into success. Join us as we dive into how she did it and the lessons we can all apply in our own business and life from her experience. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here with you for the next hour. My name is Nancy O'Keefe, and I'm an executive coach. I help women who struggle to make it in a business world that doesn't reward them with the money and the success they want, no matter how hard they work. And today's episode is going to be just a little bit different. We're going to be talking about the five unspoken reasons that women can't make the money they want. So I'm going to be your guest today, and um, it's really an interesting topic. So I'd like to talk through this with you and hope that you enjoy it. You know, like most of you, I've been thrown a few curveballs in my life. I married very young, and I was deserted and divorced from my high school sweetheart at age 20, remarried at 21, and then widowed at 38, losing the love of my life and my very best friend. And I struggled over the next 12 years to be respected at work and build a career to support my two children. I was in search of a serious career. I didn't have a choice. I had a family to support, and I experienced firsthand all the problems that exists in the workplace for women, earning less for the same job, not being considered for opportunities to move up even when I was well qualified, generally not being seen, heard, and taken seriously. And there's no denying it. The wage gap and the glass ceiling do exist, but it is possible to have a rewarding, high-paying career or business and still be a woman, a wife, a mother, a daughter, and whatever else you dream about being and doing. My children are grown now with their own families, and I'm enjoying my third and hopefully last relationship of almost 14 years with a wonderful man who enjoys traveling on spontaneous adventures, music, and spending time with family and friends just like I do. I feel very grateful to have experienced life so far exactly the way my path wound through it. The experience I have had ran the gamut of emotions, from the lowest of lows to the highest joy and accomplishment. There were also observations, insights, and lessons along the way, and that's what we're going to talk about today. There are five unspoken reasons that I've discovered why most women don't achieve higher levels of income and success. And you know, being a working woman seeking a career in the 70s was like being a pioneer. We were forging the path as we went, making the path in areas where there was none for a promise that working hard and doing a good job was all it took to get ahead. And although we made some progress, working women are still searching for answers they need to increase their earning power, get the respect and opportunities they want to create a business life that serves and supports them. We are still pioneering the territory. So if you're a working woman who wants to be seen, heard, and taken seriously in business and career, earn more money, be successful, feel fulfilled, and still honor your personal commitments to family, to yourself, I'm glad you're here. Today, I'm going to share the insights that I've uncovered on my journey to a successful six-figure career and then on to founding my own seven-figure business. Later, if you want help applying what you learn here to your situation, I will share the details of a new program I am offering to help you with exactly that. Sound good? Okay, let's get started. One thing I know for sure that you know is that you're working hard and doing your best, and it's a struggle to get everything done, but you do it. You put in the hours, maybe you go to school in the evenings, you do all the personal growth things that are suggested, You make sacrifices and you put work first more than you would like. And somehow you still can't get ahead. You can't get the money you want, the results you want. Women still make 80 cents on the dollar. And if you really look at those numbers, in some parts of the country, some segments of the female population make much less than that for the same work, as little as 56 cents on the dollar. 54% of first marriages end in divorce. I was one of those, leaving a lot of single-parent households. 
and 81% of those households are headed by single women. Of those, almost half live below the poverty line, which is really a terrible statistic in a country as wealthy and wonderful as ours. So we need to do something about that. And we have laws on the books about sex discrimination, and they've been there since the 70s, but not much has changed. It's harder than it should be to get a fair shake, and it can leave the most determined of us to question whether we really want the stress, the ridicule, the demands, and the pressure it takes to get there. So why is it so hard? Here is the first of the five unspoken reasons I believe we have this struggle. Men have been socialized for thousands of years to understand their role as that of the hunter, the provider, the breadwinner. They have a single focus, even today. They know from an early age that they will have to develop a skill and prepare themselves to support not only themselves, but a spouse and possibly a family. Yes, the lines are starting to blur ever so slightly, but it's still firmly seated in our society that the man's primary role is the breadwinner. Just watch what happens to a working family when one of the kids is sick. There's probably going to be an argument about who will stay home that day. And in most families, that responsibility is still primarily the woman's. Women have multiple demands on them, young children, aging parents, a spouse, running a household, and all that includes. And that's not going to change. We've been socialized as the caregivers and the nurturers. And it's a role, frankly, many of us enjoy and want to have in our life. But having multiple roles and doing multiple things or multitasking does fracture your time and your focus. That's a fact, and it's true for everyone, man and woman alike. To the mostly male business world, that fracture looks like we aren't serious about work or are not fully committed to work or do not have our priorities in the right place about work. You know, most men have had the luxury of a single focus. Men don't have to fracture their time. They get to focus on work 100%. Many more men are helpful around the house today, and that's great. And I was fortunate to have uh, two that were and are. They get to focus on work 100%, though. And even though they're helpful, when it comes to leaving a man home alone for the weekend, as an example, with the house, the chores, a little work to do from the office, the kids running around, just see how much gets done. Frankly, we're just better at it than they are. And in the current world of work, in order to be considered serious about career or business, women are asked to make a choice between work and our commitments to the people and the things we love. Men are not required to make that choice. And it is an impossible choice filled with guilt, worry, even shame. The primary responsibility for the family and the household still falls to you no matter what else you're doing in your career or your business. And we accept that responsibility because we have always had multiple focus. It isn't easy, but when we choose a career, we know we are signing up for something additional to do and not much is coming off our plate. But here's the problem. Having a fractured focus is perceived as a lack of serious commitment to a career or a business. We have known for a long time that we have to work harder and be better than average to compete. But the real reason most of us can only get so far is because that belief that you have to be single focused to be 100% committed still exists. It's true. We have other demands and other interests, and we want those demands. That is not going to change. You and I know we can do a good job at both but we have not been successful changing this perception, and that has limited our progress. This theme has even been addressed in a number of movies over the decades. Remember Baby Boom with Diane Keaton in the 80s? She is forced to leave a big, demanding job that she is great at because all of a sudden her focus is fractured when she has to raise her sister's baby. She is forced out of her job and is miserable until she finally turns it around and becomes an entrepreneur. In the 90s, we watched Aaron Brockovich with Julia Roberts. 
and she was actually called to help right a very serious wrong around bad water. She just had to do more. She couldn't stand by and watch at any cost. Even the sacrifice of time with her kids and the stress of juggling everything, including babysitters. She even chose her work over that sexy motorcycle riding neighbor who really cared about her. And that must have been a really tough choice. Finally, the devil wears Prada with Meryl Streep. She made it to the top at the cost of sacrificing her relationships, her kids, and she had to wear a thick armor of her reputation as, frankly, a you-know-what, so she could hide her emotions and make everyone think she was above it all just to stay on top. We women wrestle with ourselves and ask ourselves what we're doing wrong, what we have to change about ourselves, and how our lives have to change to make it. And questioning ourselves erodes our confidence, even our self-esteem. We alter our lives to fit into the existing options to earn a living, when it's really the perception that needs to change, not us. Great things can occur when you change your perspective. Here's an example. When I started my outsourcing business in the year 2000, jobs were leaving the U.S. in droves. And I wanted to provide onshore outsourcing because I wanted to keep the jobs here. I provided services to the insurance industry, rating, underwriting, policy contract issuance for very large commercial accounts like the National McDonald's Insurance Program. It required a highly skilled workforce but I had to be competitive with offshore outsourcing. I had to keep my costs down, and that required thinking about getting the work done using a different business model. I knew there was a large labor pool of highly skilled women who had made the conscious choice to stay home and raise their children. I had friends and people I worked with in the past that I knew made that choice. Take Leslie, my friend Leslie. Leslie and I worked together before I started my company, and when she and her husband decided to have a family, they made a conscious choice that she would quit her job and stay home to have and raise the children. She was a star at work, and she loved her career, but she wanted a family, and she couldn't bear the thought of leaving her little ones at daycare to go to work. So she sacrificed her career to have a family. She had two children, and when I caught back up with her, they were ages three and six. Her daughter was in school, and Leslie was ready to add a little adult mental stimulation to her life, so she was thinking about getting a part-time job in the evening. Her husband supported the idea, although he wasn't wild about it. It meant he would have to do the bedtime some nights after working a long, hard day himself. And then there was Lisa. Lisa was one of the 54% of women who ended up divorced. Heck, I was too early in my life. She had a full custody of her two kids, and she worked full-time, making good money, but between the cost of daycare and the after-school programs and the sporadic child support, she was just barely making it. Hers was a very stressful life, and she had a lot of guilt around the things she couldn't give her children in both time and money. That was who I targeted. Women who wanted or needed careers, but the nine-to-five model didn't really work for them. I created a virtual work environment that allowed them to work from home. Not a big deal now, but it was unheard of then. We had to create the technology to do it back in 2000, as it didn't exist. We built a virtual workforce of 50 employees in four states, and they earned a competitive salary, benefits, vacation, flexible hours, and a work-from-home job. I got highly skilled staff with a high commitment to what they were skilled in and an amazing work ethic without having to keep the expensive overhead of having a large office space and all of the costs that go along with it. It was an amazing opportunity for everyone, including me. Some of my staff worked during the day when the kids were in school, and some worked evenings after their spouse came home. Almost all were full-time, and they could work whatever 40 hours in a week fit into their schedule. The only rule was that the work had to get done by the due date. Funny, one Sunday night, I'll never forget it. I was planning for the week, as I usually do on Sunday, and I sent out an email to my staff. It was late, 
I remember because I was watching the 11 o'clock news. And when it, within a minute of hitting the send button, I had three replies to my email. I emailed back, what are you guys doing so late on Sunday? They responded, what are you doing up so late on Sunday working? They were just an amazing team, an amazing group of women. And we had changed the rules and created something that served each and every one of us very well, including the client who had their work completed in hours through us instead of by their own staff where it took weeks because they were understaffed and at a more competitive price than it would have cost them to hire more staff on their end. It was truly a win-win for everyone. But the point here is you can have multiple focus and still do meaningful, lucrative, and fulfilling work and do it well. The idea that you can't is a perception, and it's around the business rules that we live under, and it needs to change. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about unspoken reason number two. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who've been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. If you are a woman who struggles in a business world that keeps your earnings lower than they should be and doesn't support the success you want, no matter how long and hard you work, then I would like to speak with you. Hi, I'm Nancy O'Keefe, and as an executive coach, I'm on a mission to help women maximize their earning potential and create a business life that serves them. You know, success is unique to each one of us, and cookie-cutter career and business models don't give most of us what we want and need. I help women just like you develop their own style of success and learn how to find more opportunity, increase their earning power, and create a business life they love. I'd love to speak with you. Sign up for a free Love Your Business Life consultation with me at www.nancyokeefecoaching.com and let's schedule a time to talk. Welcome back. This is Nancy O'Keefe, and you're listening to When Opportunity Knocks, and we're talking about the five unspoken reasons that women can't make the money they want. So unspoken reason number two is also around that perception we just talked about. The current perception that exists can make it look like there are few opportunities for women. It's created a phenomenon known as the glass ceiling. I hear women complain about it all the time about being overlooked for new projects or leadership positions, promotions, or when they're trying to land big clients for their business. A primary research project I did two years ago with 200 working women confirmed that women overall don't feel seen, heard, and taken seriously. And yet, most of the small business owners I consult with complain that there's a lack of good qualified employees. And it's not just the small business owners. There are firms in, that are large that complain about the same issues. And frankly, it just doesn't add up. We see whole industries having difficulty finding qualified help. Healthcare, technology are some that come to mind. They're just crying out for more qualified people. So is it a lack of opportunity or is it a lack of something else? Here's an example of what I mean. I attended a workshop about LinkedIn recently 
there was a car accident near the venue and a number of us in the workshop got stuck behind it, making a group of us about 10 minutes late, myself included. The workshop had already started when we arrived, so we all quietly found a seat so as not to be too disruptive. The instructor continued, and about an hour into the material, someone asked if we could stop and the people that came late could introduce themselves so everyone would know who was in the room. The instructor agreed and began calling on all of those that were late and then promptly launched back into his material. Guess what? He missed me. Interestingly, all of the participants in the workshop, with the exception of myself and one other person, were men. The instructor completely overlooked me, and worse, no one else noticed. I decided not to interrupt and and introduce myself then because I decided to wait for an opportunity that would make a better impact and make me more memorable. I didn't want to be seen in an, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, I forgot you light. I wanted to be much more recognizable than that. Finally, my opportunity came to interject something meaningful into the discussion. The instructor was talking about some technology that supported what he was teaching, but he didn't know a whole lot about the technology. He wasn't technical, and he was struggling with a question that was asked about it. Ah, my opportunity to shine and get noticed in a, right, in a positive light. So I raised my hand and took the opportunity to show my expertise and support the instructor around this technology. And then I mentioned that I hadn't had a chance to introduce myself at the beginning of the workshop because I had been late. I introduced myself and I said I would be happy to have a conversation about the technology with anyone after the workshop. All they needed to do was drop their business card by on the way out. And out of the 15 people in the workshop, I received eight business cards. There's plenty of opportunity out there. You just have to know how to spot it and make the most of it. Waiting around to be seen and heard or introduced is a choice, and sometimes it'll never happen. Wherever there's a problem people want to solve, the flip side of that is that there's an opportunity. But here is the real problem. Women haven't been trained to see and act on opportunity. We haven't been trained to hunt. It doesn't occur to us to jump in and make ourselves super visible. We're in the habit of being told what we can do, and we're taught to be polite. Being aggressive is not attractive. We believe it makes us look like Meryl Streep, the devil wears Prada, and that others will think that we are a you-know-what. Assertiveness has not been a characteristic society rewards in women. We have been taught that we are to play supporting roles as evidenced by the notion that there's a whole class of jobs referred to as, quote, typical female jobs by business and government. What is that? Supposedly jobs that are more suited to women. Thankfully, we are making progress being accepted in other industries now. But that progress doesn't really translate into money and promotions. We still make 80 cents on the dollar or less. Women value a sense of community, and we want to be liked, accepted, and included in that community. We want to fit in. Men, on the other hand, seem to really want to be respected. Being liked is part of being respected. Men tell me that if they're respected, for the most part, they're liked. Respect and being right seems to be more important than being liked. It seems their definition of like is very different than ours. Like equals respect and camaraderie for them. Like equals acceptance and inclusion in the group for us. Be liked as a woman is to not fit in, to be excluded, maybe even banished and alone, and this has been true for centuries. Have you ever been left out of a group of friends going to do something? Maybe you weren't even asked. Or maybe there's a group you want to be a part of, but no matter what you did or contributed, you just weren't accepted and welcomed into it. That's a feeling most of us have experienced at some point in our life and want to avoid at all possible costs. It hurts. It makes us feel bad about ourselves, or it makes us wonder what's wrong with us. The result is that we make many of our choices based on striving to be liked. Look at fashion. 
how many of you have walked around with a pair of shoes on your feet that are killing you because you wanted to fit into the latest fashion? Why? Because you wanted to be accepted. How many times have you gone along with something in a group that you really didn't want to do? Again, to be accepted, to be liked, to be included. We use this factor in much of our decision-making, and we really aren't even conscious of it in many cases. So ask yourself this. Do you hold yourself back or miss out on opportunities because you just want to be liked? Is wanting to be liked stronger than wanting to be a high-earning, successful person? It's an interesting question, and it's certainly worth thinking about. Unspoken reason number three. Existing business policies don't account for women, especially women with children, aging parents, or other family dynamics. That nine-to-five model, which, by the way, today is more like seven-to-seven, going to a job, salary policies, insurance rules, vacation policies, which give you two or three weeks off when schools are out 10 to 12 weeks if you have kids, those half holidays, is it a holiday or isn't it a holiday? Like Columbus Day, Veterans Day, Martin Luther King Day, sick time policies, retail stores open on the weekends and holidays. None of it supports having much time for a life. When I first entered the workforce, we worked a 37 and a half hour work week. And that was full time. And there was time for other commitments, for family, for enjoyment. We got all our work done. We didn't work weekends. And now we have 50, 60, 70 hour weeks routinely. And we're expected to be available 24-7 on our smartphones, even when we're on vacation. Yet we can't get our work done by the end of the week. And by the way, we're no more productive than when we were working 37 to 40 hours a week. Just look at gross national product over the years and you'll see that. The rules have relaxed a little. Some people can work from home, but there is little infrastructure in in place to support that. You will miss out on some important casual conversations and impromptu meetings when you work at home. And there's a lot of managers out there that have been taught to manage by walking around. And they have a real difficulty dealing with people that are not physically there. I've worked with managers that have an out-of-sight, out-of-trust mindset. If you're not here, then you can't possibly be working hard at home. You're probably not even at home. You're goofing off or you're uh, running an errand or you're out at the mall or going to the gym. And that's the belief out there. So you will be overlooked for opportunity because out-of-sight means out-of-mind and out of trust. And I have seen more than one situation where working from home had a negative impact on the award of a bonus or whether a person got a promotion or a raise. And by the way, this is true for men too. I know a divorced single dad, client of mine, who had a work-at-home job for a large company you would recognize. Gave him a great job for, and it was perfect for him. His kids lived full-time with him, and he was highly skilled in technology, a database kind of guy, and made six figures. And he worked on the company technology when the rest of the workforce wasn't working, which was actually by design. But being at home every day meant he wasn't considered for a promotion, ever, out of sight, out of mind. He wasn't mainstream. And it served him well when his kids were younger, but as soon as they got into high school, he changed jobs and took a lengthy commute so he could advance to make more money so he could earn the money he needed for his kids' college. There is some parental leave in place now for dads, so we're moving ever so slowly in the right direction. But for women, it amounts to too little too late. We have been struggling with this issue for over 40 years, since women had to go to work in the 70s because we had gas lines and double-digit inflation and you couldn't buy hamburger. We call it a gender issue, but this is not a gender issue. This is a family issue. The family is a team and in most cases is the biggest part of why we all work, both men and women. Our models don't support the concept of a single head of household or dual income family 
where there isn't a parent at home to handle a sick kid or after-school activities or cover snow days or take the kids or even yourself to the doctor. And you know what I mean. Actually, they really don't support the concept of the family at all. A client I worked with wanted to hire a woman who would be a really great addition to the staff. She came almost fully trained and was able to commute, or rather was able to contribute to the workload right away, which is always a good find. And in addition, the client knew her, so that big hurdle in hiring of will the person work out was crossed as well. If you can hire someone who is fully trained and you know their work ethic and their personality and they're a good fit, it just doesn't get much better than that. But this woman was a mom and a very serious supporter of her kids' after-school activities. She had boys and the kids played sports. And she asked for some flexibility in her hours uh, on the way in so she could pick her kids up from their activities each week. It was difficult for the business owner to feel comfortable with this flexibility, even though he knew her work ethic. Most businesses are stuck in traditional business models, and they can't see past their traditional nine-to-five ways of running a business. Take the technology company I worked for in the 80s. It was a very exciting time for small businesses. The PC was just introduced, and computers were becoming affordable and readily available for businesses. The company I worked for was on the cutting edge of implementing this new technology for their customers. They were high on innovation, and yet their management rules and their business policies lacked the innovation to support their own goals. Here's a couple of examples. Some of the software developers were measured and rewarded on the time they put in, the number of hours they were physically in the office in their cubes, presumably working on new things or innovating products. Now, I can't tell you how many times I walked into their areas only to find most of them playing games, surfing the Internet, some even looking at things that were not appropriate for work. How much innovation were they missing out on as a company? What could have been accomplished if the company had picked a different way to measure the software developers, like the number of new ideas they came up with or the number of innovative solutions they developed, something that helped the company meet their goals? Quartered in the Northeast. On a snowy day, you were expected to make the commute and come to work. And again, it was all about being physically present in the office. If you had kids, chances are they were home and there was no school. There were some days when an hour's commute could take you two or three hours in each direction because of the weather. A four to six hour commute to get to a nine hour job. Some people only stayed for a couple of hours, 30 minutes of which they spent talking about the storm. Then they left to make the long, horrible trek back home. But they made an appearance, and they met the company requirements. Wouldn't it have been more sensical to work from home and put in the whole nine hours? The technology existed to support it, yet the business systems did not. We work to support ourselves, our families, our lifestyles, and yet our business policies do not support us in that effort. We don't have time for a life. We're gone 12 hours a day. Whether it's long hours or a hellacious commute, one of my friends drives to the train, takes an hour ride to get to the subway for a 15 to 20 minute ride to get to a bus to ride that for a couple of stops and then he gets off and works and walks two or three blocks to get to work. That is just an unbelievable situation and yet there are so many people that do it. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about unspoken reason number four. So we'll be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system 
can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you tired of playing small or earning less than you are worth? What could you accomplish if you were given the opportunity? If you want more, more influence, more impact, more income, and more success, then join me in my new program, Get Savvy, Secure, and Successful. Learn the skills and strategies you need to find the opportunities you want to put your real value out in the marketplace and maximize your earning power in your business or career. To learn more about the program, go to nancyokeefecoaching.com and look under our work in professional development. Welcome back. Now, unspoken reason number four. You know, workers in general, but especially women, have been conditioned to settle. We take what we have been offered unquestioned. We're afraid to ask for more because we might end up with less. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you wanted to ask for a raise or raise your prices with a client and you were just afraid to do it? On top of that, as women, we put everyone and everything else first. Society has dictated our roles, all of our roles, men and women. Men have been taught that they are the hunters, and we have been taught that we are the caretakers. Men have been taught to make a living, to work, during their whole upbringing. But women have not been taught these skills and ways of being. We don't always know what we want. I know that sounds crazy, but I was in a workshop where we were asked what we wanted, and all of the answers had an outward focus world peace, better standard of living, to help people with this or that, to change something, uh, a perceived deficiency like losing weight. None of the answers really answered the question, what do you want for you? When we went to work, it was to supplement the household income. And we were welcomed as secretaries, housekeepers, nurses, teachers, and other traditionally female jobs, all fine professions, but we were not welcomed in the male-dominated industries or in the boardrooms or on the golf courses or in the country clubs, we were ex- and we accepted that. But when we wanted more, we complained about it. We started a movement about it. Legislation was enacted for it, but in the end, we didn't get it, and we settled for what progress we could make. You know, we now enroll in more colleges as women and graduate at a higher rate than men. We start more businesses as entrepreneurs than men, but we still have a glass ceiling and a gender wage gap. Business owner or career professional, we still struggle with our earning power and our success because we settle and we don't have a clear sense of what we want for ourselves. Remember the actress Jennifer Lawrence? who found out she was making 80% of what her co-star made in the movie American Hustle? Emails were leaked by a woman CEO who suggested that they pay Jennifer less. Jennifer wrote an article about this, and she said it was her fault. She didn't push them or ask for more. She just settled for what they gave her. Her male co-star didn't settle, though. He didn't take what was first offered. He negotiated and asked for more. Now, you can't eliminate this problem through legislation, politics, or massive movements. And that brings me to unspoken reason number five. Mass external solutions like that will never solve this problem. If they could, it would have been solved over the last 40 years. It's the way we have been taught, socialized, raised. This is the way things are. We know that to be true. Society embraces it, and we perpetuate it because at some level, we believe it and buy into it, too. 
This thinking is grounded in an outdated 100-year-old business model that was created during the Industrial Revolution. It centers on the concept of the job, a concept that we are so attached to that it has become the basis of who we are. Before the Industrial Revolution, people worked on their farms or in their cottage industries. There were some people that had jobs, like the waitress in the cafe or the teller in the bank or the post office, but the majority of people didn't leave the home to go to work until inventions ushered in mass production and factories sprung up during the Industrial Revolution. Think about it. That is when the concept of the job was born. And with it, all of the rules around how you worked, how long you worked, management theories, unions, labor laws, pay scales, and most of the business systems that we use today. We are operating under 100-year-old manufacturing-based mass production thinking workplace rules when we have moved away from manufacturing to an information and service-based workforce. Yet, we hang on very tightly to the job. Even if you're a business owner, it has become the way you define yourself in life. We're defined by our job title. We define ourselves by our job title. I'm an accountant. I'm a teacher. I manage a department. Oh, I'm a business owner. When you go to a networking event, that's what you lead with. I bet nine times out of 10, that's what you lead with. And a job is just a label. And people make a lot of assumptions about you based on that label. They can guess your education level, and from that, they can make assumptions about your income level, the kind of car you drive, the kind of house you live in, whether you belong to that golf club or send your kids to private school. People form opinions about you, what you're capable of, and how much success you have had in your field based on this label. This opinion is one of the fundamental places where our opportunities get cut off at the knees. As people prejudge us based on a story they have concocted about us based on our job title. And you know what? We all do it. The world has become fast moving and complicated, and we need a way to compartmentalize all the information we have to keep it all straight. But we are not our job titles. We are so much more. And this dependence we have on old paradigms and the tight grip we have on 100-year-old business models is what's holding women back. It's keeping us from increasing our earning potential and being successfully integrated into the world of work. You can't depend on government, politicians, even female ones to change this. We have had equality laws based on age, sex, and race on the books since the 70s. And we still have discrimination, and it's happening on all fronts in the workplace. We see it every day. You can't depend on education and skills alone to get you there either. Over half of the college graduates are women, and many of them are still looking for jobs long after graduation. The number of women in senior positions does not corroborate with the number of women graduating with degrees. You cannot depend on companies to change this either. Corporate America will be slow to change. First of all, they can't see the problem, and even if they did, they can't turn on a dime. They are too large and monolithic and set in their ways. But here's the good news, and there is some. You don't need to wait for those things to change, to experience higher pay and advancement and more success. To be seen, heard, and taken seriously in your work, only you have the power to make things different. It's like the good witch of the North tells Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. You've had the power all along, my dear. You just need to learn how to use it. And the day is coming quickly when it will be a requirement in order to any of us to make a living to know how to focus, hunt, negotiate, compete, and go for what we want. The concept of the job is beginning to disappear. We have started to see erosion of this first in manufacturing because technology was developed to do it or cheaper labor existed in other countries. We saw it happen with professional jobs in the recession of 2008 
and most of those jobs aren't coming back. Do you use an ATM? Pump your own gas at the gas stations? Scan your own groceries at the grocery store and bag them? The latest things is cars that drive themselves. Take Uber, a relatively new business, and its drivers already run the risk of being outdated just as quickly as they got their jobs because of the car that drives itself. The concept of the job is eroding daily, and relying on someone else to define your success for you is going with it. This is a pivotal point in our history. It's a huge change based on three factors. Tell you about those three factors in just a minute. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the three key phenomenon, and we'll be right back. Are you tired of playing small in business or in your career? What could you accomplish if you were seen, heard, and given the opportunity? If you want more influence, more impact, and more income, join us at Women's Leadership U. That's the letter U. We are a mastermind program dedicated to preparing women for leadership roles. Learn the skills that employers are looking for and business owners need. Gain the confidence and know how to move your ideas into action. To learn more, visit us at womensleadershipu.com with a capital U. If you are a woman who struggles in a business world that keeps your earnings lower than they should be and doesn't support the success you want, no matter how long and hard you work, then I would like to speak with you. Hi, I'm Nancy O'Keefe, and as an executive coach, I'm on a mission to help women maximize their earning potential and create a business life that serves them. You know, success is unique to each one of us. And cookie-cutter career and business models don't give most of us what we want and need. I help women just like you develop their own style of success and learn how to find more opportunity, increase their earning power, and create a business life they love. I'd love to speak with you. Sign up for a free Love Your Business Life consultation with me at www.nancyokeefecoaching.com. And let's schedule a time to talk. Okay, welcome back. The three key phenomena that are occurring today that are going to be like three worlds colliding together are things that have never occurred before. And it's going to result in a massive change to your world of work or business as big, if not bigger, than the Industrial Revolution. And if you understand it, you can capitalize on it, whether you're an entrepreneur or you have a job, and want to advance and earn what you're worth. This is going pretty much unnoticed. So listen up. Here are the three key phenomenon. The world of work is changing as we've already talked. T to the worker left. Then loyalty to the company was next. Then the manufacturing jobs disappeared. Professional jobs are leaving. New technology. The whole concept of the job is changing. Putting how all of us earn a living in the future on uncertain ground. And it's already happening today, as we have discussed. Number two, the baby boomer generation, which has been driving massive change over the last 50 or 60 years, are leaving the workforce. They have already started retiring, and they represent 25% of the people in today's workforce. Not only that, they are the people holding the senior positions in companies that have been so long coveted by women. And they are the ones holding on to the current paradigms and outdated business rules with a tight grip. And as they exit the workforce, it makes room for more opportunity, new paradigms, and a chance to change perceptions. This is key. And number three, finally, a Gallup study done several times over the last few years shows that 70% of Americans are not engaged in their work, not happy, not productive, and it doesn't matter if they're men or women, educated or not, low income or high income. The numbers were pretty much the same across the board. Companies are struggling with the people piece of business right now. What used to work doesn't seem to work anymore, and they don't seem to know how to fix it. <laughs> 
phenomenon represent a huge opportunity for you to change the rules around work and create situations for yourself where you have more opportunity and can define your own success, live your work life the way you want to, and increase your earning power. You can't legislate this, and corporate America can't fix it. You are the key to making this change possible, and you don't have to wait for anyone or anything to change in order to make progress in this area. Let me repeat that again. You do not have to wait for anyone or anything, any institution or any business, to make a policy, enact a law, to be ready to seize this opportunity. Now is the time to act. This is a chance to eliminate the glass ceiling and close the gender wage gap for women. Gently, methodically, comfortably, in a way that honors who you are. But you need the skills, the strategies, and a change in your mindset and your perceptions to make it happen for yourself. So you need to make only one choice. Do you prepare to capitalize on this opportunity with new skills, new confidence, new strategies, or do you stick with what you know and hope the next 10 years show women more progress than we have experienced in the last 40? I know what I'm picking, and changing this is within your control. Being ready, learning to be strategic, learning to hunt, to spot and capitalize on opportunity, and learning how to stop settling is the key to more money, more security, and more success whether you own your own business or you have a career. I call it designing your path to personal success, and I have a specific method that I'll explain more about in a moment. So now that you know why you feel stuck or why we've all been stuck and the opportunities that are coming together in the not-too-distant future, what would be possible for you if you could prepare now to take advantage of it? How would your life be different? How would you like it to be different? What if you could be free of the 100-year-old paradigm and the business rules that really don't serve any of us anymore? What do you want? Now, we've covered a lot of content, so let's stop for a minute and see where you are personally with what I've talked about. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest and 10 being the highest, how important is it to you to create the success you truly want? How ready are you to change things up? If your answer is an 8, a 9, or a 10, I have something I would like to share with you that might be perfect for you. I'm passionate about this issue, and I have created a program to help, and I call it Get Savvy, Secure, and Successful. In this three-month coaching and training program, you will discover your path to personal success. Learn a set of skills and strategies I call personal entrepreneurship that will help you increase your earning power and create a sustainable business and career that supports you in achieving the life you want. Personal entrepreneurship is about getting clear, getting clear on what you want so you can confidently go after it and get it. Have the life you want for yourself and your family because you define what success looks like for you and stop Settling for less than you deserve. Stop being one of the 70% of Americas that have an energy-draining, life-depleting business or career. It's about getting clear on the value you uniquely bring to the marketplace and how to communicate it in a way that ensures you won't have to settle for less than 80 cents on the dollar when you're doing your job or discount your prices to get clients in your business. Stop unknowingly leaving money on the table. Feel empowered to maximize your earning potential and get paid what you're worth. It's about getting clear on what you offer and who needs what and wants what you do so you can secure the fact that no matter what changes, you will be in demand. Business owner or career professional, you are the key to your own job security. Changing your your perception and your thinking So you can clearly see or create more opportunity for yourself, either within your own organization or one you work for, is part of this too. 
changing your perception and your thinking so you easily see or create more opportunity for yourself within an organization or in your own business, position yourself now to capitalize on the changes that are coming and the opportunities that are hidden in them. Get Savvy, Secure, and Successful is a virtual group program that will help you fill in the missing pieces around what you want and the tools that you need, and it will guide you to take perfect action to get it. You'll be prepared with these skills and tools and strategies that you can use over and over again in your working life to continue to thrive by recreating your definition of success and achieving it as many times in your life journey as you want. So here's what we cover in each of the modules in the program. Module one is about charting your personal path for success. This is where we stop settling and discover what you want and claim it now. You can learn how to change your thinking and achieve what you want. In module two, your product is you. That's what we talk about, and we discover how you should be promoting yourself, even if you're in a job, so you can advance. What problems do you solve? What impact could you make? You have to start thinking about yourself as your product or service. And we use assessments and other tools to help you develop what I call your personal power profile and identify the gap between where you are and where you wanted to go as you defined it in Module 1. Module three is show me the money. Establish your value in the marketplace based on the results you get for your business, your clients, or your organization. Learn how to create evidence to substantiate your value and how to communicate it so you can finally get paid what you're worth. Module four is about learning to hunt. Learn to spot, even create opportunities for yourself. Learn how to position yourself to capitalize on those opportunities and set up your strategy to successfully win them. Module five, talk the walk. Work through how to talk about yourself, your product or your service. Get noticed without bragging or being too aggressive. Learn how others see you and how to communicate your value to your boss, your potential boss, new clients in a way that gets results. In this module, we give you the language to use so that you can really put together compelling talk about what you do. Module six is about becoming visible. Learn to become visible gently, comfortably, by inserting yourself in at the right place, the right time, with the right solution. Not by turning into an aggressive, pushy person. Get noticed when you want to be seen, heard, and taken seriously to make the most impact. And module seven is change your paradigm. This is where we pull it all together into a plan that you're confidently going to put forward in any situation and learn how to go after what you want and to create a lucrative and successful work life in a way that lets you be you. You'll end this module with the creation of your action plan and a review of next steps in a private coaching call with me. And by the end of this program, you'll be clear on your path to confidently being seen, being heard, being taken seriously. Also, you can land more opportunity to make more money and earn what you deserve. To take the next step, here's what I'd like you to do. Go out to my website, www.nancyokeefecoaching.com and go to the contact page, fill out the contact form with your contact information. And in the box where it asks you what you want to discuss, Just put Get Savvy, Secure, and Successful, and I will contact you to discuss this with you in terms of whether or not this is a good fit for you. And if it is, we'll talk further about how you can get involved in the program. If this feels like the right path for you, do this for yourself today. If you don't act now, you know what will happen. Life will happen, and you will put this aside only to miss out on a real opportunity to change your work life. So please go out to the website, www.nancyokeefecoaching.com. Go to the contact page and fill in your information and submit it. It takes you to take action and start the ball rolling. You are the missing ingredient. 
And you can start today by contacting me to talk about whether Get Savvy, Secure, and Successful is a good fit for you and what you want to achieve going forward. At any rate, I hope that this discussion has opened up a new way of looking at things for you and has given you some clarity around this problem and why it continues to go unsolved. If you decide to join the program, I look forward to working with you more closely and with you to change the perceptions that exist out in the business world. But whether we work together or not, I wish you, every one of you, the highest and best success in your business and career. And I would like you to know that I appreciate you this time with me today. Goodbye for now, and I look forward to seeing you on another episode of When Opportunity Knocks.